Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I'm going to go ahead and apologize in advance. I'm triggered. Mm-hmm. Yep, certainly am. Uh, wrote a song about it. Want to hear it? Here we go. So I'm going to ask you a question. If I asked, no matter what the sphere of influence, whether it was work, personal relationships, friendships, family, whatever, E or the above, if I ask what was the one trait or thing that you needed to hone in on to make sure that all of those relationships had an ebb and flow of mutual growth, satisfaction, and all the things that mean something to you. What is the one thing that you need to hone in on? What's one of the things that the other side of the table needs to go ahead and hone in on? What is the thing? If you can pick one thing, one characteristic, one trait that is like, yo, you master that and it pretty much impacts all the other relationships that mean something to you, what would you say? Okay, you want to hear what I'm going to, uh, no, I, I waited because that's the proper thing to do. Uh, you want to hear my answer? Uh, survey says, bink, communication. You ask anyone that's been married longer than five seconds. You ask anyone that has babysat a toddler or someone who does not have a full vocabulary. You ask anyone that's been in a boardroom that felt offended or any of the E or the aboves. You ask anyone that has had some type of slight felt or offense taken in a friendship communication. You ask anyone that's a texter that would rather have someone that communicates over the phone. You ask anyone, long distance, close distance, whatever, what's the one thing that if someone would have done it differently would have changed the entire trajectory of your relationship, what would it be? It's communication. A moment of transparency the gist of the offense that I have ever felt has been through the way that someone inaccurately communicated with me that I have had to either try to go back <laughs> or just review what was done to me and say, you know what, it's not even worth going back to. Uh, but literally when you look at the common denominator for anything that is offensive, it is communication. Think about the last time that you felt some kind of way at work. When someone responds to that email the way that they do, when someone responds to your particular idea the way that they did, when someone actually indirectly communicates through someone else hoping that you hear it, it, it doesn't it create somewhat of an emotional and mental hostile environment? And that's work. <laughs> Why don't you know how to communicate? Hey, I should be able to tell someone A, B, and C in a way that is received. And, you know, it makes the process, the project, or whatever it is way easier because I have communicated clearly and accurately. Why is it that in friendships you can say something and dependent on how someone else is feeling on the other end, they perceive and receive it wrong? Why is it that I can say something in love or say something in a way that I intended for it to be received a certain way? And by the time that I pitch it out of my vocabulary and you receive it in your ear. You feel it different than what I intended. Why is that possible? How is it possible that in a mutual intimate relationship that I can go forth and try to do a thing and for whatever the reason, the way that your, your nonverbal communication or the way that you receive something, it can actually make me feel some type of way if you didn't receive my gift in the way that I'm like, why aren't you that excited? That if I said something that was exciting for me and you didn't show up in the same accessory of of excitement, then I feel some kind of way. Why is it that when someone throws something, a party or has some type of accolade, the one thing you say is, why didn't you invite me? Or why didn't you add me? Or why didn't you tell me? It is something about communication that is so potent that it is the common denominator for all offense. And I am triggered by that. I am triggered because the one con common denominator is the one thing that is not easy. It is not easy to understand yourself and to understand a person and to understand complex people in one active real time situation. And I think the reason why it's so complex is because communication is not only verbal.
I'm from New York. <laughs> you look at somebody the wrong way and it's like, yo, you good? <laughs> As a matter of fact, uh, you may not want to do the, you looking at somebody like they short, you looking up and down, like, and you look back up, like, did you drop something? What's up? You okay? So you got nonverbal communication. You have communication and that it goes by your tone. Cause I can say from New York, yo, you good? Which means like you got five seconds to adjust how you looking at me, what you just said, anything of the sort. And then we get ready to fumble. Like that's how that's going to work out. But if I cared for you and I walked up to you and I was like, Hey, you good? You mean to tell me tone has something to do with it? Very much. It's also offensive on how you say a thing. I learned that coming to the South that when someone says, bless your heart, the tone is soft, the head tilt is there, but they mean it in such a disrespectful way that you have no choice but to say something slick. I was like, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me I have to look at the context of how somebody is actually saying a thing? Yes. Even if they say it's soft, because I'm, I'm clear when someone's screaming is disrespect, but you mean to tell me that a tone can be soft and so disrespectful? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Silence is another way that people sometimes go ahead and choose their arsenal of choice, and it's sometimes more damaging than good. Someone said something, and instead of showing up because you didn't know how to show up in a, com in a way to communicate it, you just decided to be absent. Yeah, that will trigger someone's soul in such a way it will uproot rejection. It will uproot abandonment. It will uproot because you decided to stay silent. That is the most selfish thing you could ever do because you're not good with your words. So you decided to give none and you starve somebody else of something that could have been a connection. But what you did was you abandoned the commitment because you don't know how to communicate. That's weird. So you got nonverbal, you got tone. You got body language, you know, it's part of the nonverbal too. And then you have your actual words. How you say a thing, how you E or the above on how you do a thing, that means something. But then there's also the other screen door of how you perceive the person telling you something. You ever had someone say something to you and you like, mm, you felt some type of way, but then has someone else that you either trust or put in a high regard, you had them say it and it felt different and it was received different because of how you perceive them. So when this person over here told you A, B, and C, you were like, mm, I don't like that, this, that, and the third, and you felt some kind of way, you argued and you did whatever, but then let someone else who you have more of, of a positive perception of say, you know what, I can actually see that. I think you did come off a little A, B, and C. Now you have a different posture. Why? Because perception is everything when you're communicating with someone. If you already perceive someone to be harsh, uh, they look down on you, belittling, and this, that, and the third. And you know what the sad part is? It doesn't even have to be how you perceive them in that moment. It could just be the perception that you've posted on them, and they have no idea. You know why it is that certain figures in your life have, they can say the most simplistic thing, but it has so much power to the point that you feel like it kind of almost um, dismantles you a little bit? They have no idea most of the time that what they're singing to you kind of like dampers you that way. But because you place them on a pedestal, but because you place them in a certain place in your life, because you place them in an inhumane way, they can't even feed you because you look at them like they are the... The, the person who, if, if they don't always fluffy you up and make you feel good and everything that you do is perfect and, you know, just always singing your praises, the one time that they either hold you accountable or go ahead and say or do something that makes you see that, oh, look, in the spirit or in the emotions or in your workplace, you skipped leg day. So here, here's a regime that you need to go ahead and implement for leg day. As soon as they give you something in regards to an area that you're experiencing or displaying some lack now they're the monster how come they're not the monster all the time so then you need to do some some inner self-awareness check it needs to be a am i the person that can't receive communication even when it's for my good am i the person 
that I, the only way for me to receive information that is helpful for my life, it has to be gumdrops, sparkles, ice cream cones, multiple uh, scoops of, of sprinkles and a cherry on top. And if it does not have that particular sequence, then I can't receive it because it's going to taste like Brussels sprouts. Why don't you get to the point that you don't have to be the baby who only accepts applesauce that you now understand, even if you don't like the taste of peas, it is good for you. And you may not like it here, but the person that's feeding you peas is not looking to hurt you. It's not looking to badger you. It's not looking to belittle you. It's not looking to come for you. Maybe Maybe they're actually feeding you peas because they see that you're ready for it. And you know what? The stage that you're at in your life, you should be receiving this. But you want to be such a babe, either in Christ or in your communication or in your workplace and in your relationships that you demand that people feed you continuously applesauce because you've shown that you're not ready for peas. Whose fault is that? That you want to be a 30-year-old, 40-year-old, 50-year-old, 25-year-old, 18-year-old that you decided I'd rather get the sweet stuff because that's the only way that I'm demanding that I'm, I'm fed. And you live on earth? No way. No way. And so because it's not sweet, you start to look at the person who is feeding you in a certain way. And you miss completely that at least they're feeding you. And they're feeding you what you need. You know how difficult it is to go to a stage three anything jar and, and break it open and get a spoon and, and go ahead and put it to the baby's mouth and the baby spits it back out and then you scoop around their mouth and you feed them again and you keep doing that process while you have teeth and you can chew on something that you can actually eat and swallow. Nobody stops to see that the person who is feeding it's doing it at a level that they're not even on. In a very, very humbling way, understand that usually when somebody is feeding you, they have to come a few stages below where they're at to make sure that you still eat. So how dare you, how dare you make somebody feel like, well, you offended me when you gave me peas. How about being blessed enough to understand that I refuse to keep giving you applesauce? How about looking at the person who is feeding you in a way that you took time out of your whatever day to make sure that I'm still fed, to make sure that I'm hitting milestones, that if you see me kind of regressing back to applesauce only, that you give me a soft touch. Nobody pinned you to this high chair of life. No, nobody's forcing you to do anything, but there should be a moment in time where you stop and look at the people in your life and how they are feeding you. And instead of just basing all communication on how does it feel, you should look at, am I being fed accurately? Do you understand that? Why am I so triggered? You ask, because I am. And you know that I'm not a gossiping grandbaby. But I had a few situations occur, uh, real time actually, that made me stop and say, I know that it's a song, but it, it can all be so simple. It can all be so simple. Why we make the most complex, simplistic, like what are we doing? And I guess... It could can, it can feel some kind of way that people are like, dang, you want people to be communicative scholars. You want people to pull out the thesaurus and be. No, I want people to do the bare basics when it comes to communication. If you feel something, say something. And if you cannot say it in a way that's mature and, and not battery packed by anything that's negative, then say it at a later time. It's very simple to me. I look at newborns and guess what? If a newborn can communicate, hey, something's going on with me, then the bare minimum an adult should do is say the same thing. But what do we do? You ask someone, is something going on? They either tell you no, you ask them, hey, what was that just now? And they delay in a response. I've never met a newborn ever, ever, ever into this earth and that they're hungry and they'll say, you know what? I'll just wait. No, what they hit you with them? They don't care nothing about your schedule. They don't care nothing about what you currently feel right now. They actually, they are so aware of how to communicate that sometimes their communication is inconvenient. 
but they're doing the bare basic of you need to see about me. Something is going on and I would like for it to be solved. An animal. Dogs bark for different reasons. Bruh, you either too close to something that I feel like I need to instinctually protect. I either have to go to the bathroom, bark, bark at the owner. I'm hungry. I'm trying to get your attention because I want to play. I'm trying. So many different things can be communicated in a bark. And guess what? Humans all across the globe know how to communicate better with a dog than a person. People communicate with their plants. You're talking to the plant. The plant is growing. Oh, wait a minute. You're starting to grow in yellow here. Maybe what you're trying to communicate to me is that you're either underwatered or you need more sun. Okay, now you're drooping. That means you're overwatered. We communicate with things that don't even have words. So doesn't it make you feel some kind of way that when it comes to the relationships and the spheres of your life that mean something to you, there's a lack, there's an off, there's a disconnection. And don't you have anything in you that wants to say, you know what? I want to be better here. Communication is so powerful That God literally had to confuse communication because once they were on one accord in Babylon, it was like, bro, if I don't go ahead and put a disruptor in communication, um, they're going to go ahead and build this thing that I don't want them to build to get closer to what I don't want them to get closer to. So the only way to abandon this thing that they're building together is to confuse the communication. Communication is so powerful that in the garden, Eve didn't even say anything to Adam. Go back and look at your Bible. She was communicating verbally with the serpent. And the Bible says that the woman took the fruit and gave it to her husband. She didn't even say nothing to him. She did nonverbal communication and got an outcome. That's how powerful communication is between humans. Hmm? And so if it's that powerful, then why is there no roadmap? How come there's nothing that makes people say, oh, okay, you know what? There's an app for that. Why is it that it's so damaging at one point you got to go to a counselor and a therapist or you got to get a mediator of some sort because y'all don't know how to talk to each other, that you got to get an inside influence or, or a third party, whatever, to go ahead and get a commonality at least where it's respectful mutually. So I am so angered, triggered, positively fueled though, by the fact that communication is that heavy and yet there is so much lacking in that area in multiple different ways. You ever met a boss that you were like, bruh, you probably are the most educated. I know you got your accolades and your degrees more than a thermometer. You got all these different things going for you. But as an overall synopsis, your leadership is poor because of how you communicate. You come down verbally harsh on your people. You don't pick up nonverbal cues. You don't see that people are tired. People look beat down. You look at that communication. You just decide, "Mm, I'm not even going to, you don't even factor that into your leadership style. People are coming in late. People are taking days, people, and not the people who are just abusing the system, but people who are actually a result of the abuse of you. You don't see that your children don't come to you and talk about just anything. Because in your communication, there's a slew of judgmental and aggression and things that they don't need. It is hard enough trying to figure yourself out. It's another thing to be under the umbrella of someone that every time you say anything, there's a beat down. So now they've decided that they need to be shielded from your umbrella. You're supposed to protect them. And now they innately put a mechanism into themselves that is defensive enough that when you say something, they need protection from you. Why is it that people can be in a room full of family and feel lonely? Why is it that somebody can share bed with someone and have to text someone that uh, lean over and text or lean over and call or walk to another room to do any form of communication and you feel closer to the person on your phone than the person you share the bed with? There is something wrong with all of that. 
with all of it. Relationships are breaking apart because of this one simple complexity, communication. Families are breaking apart. Relationships are breaking down. Friendships are being diluted. Workplaces are, are actually at an all-time high being abandoned because people are refusing to be spoke to or dealt with in any kind of way. And there's something to be said about that. When are we going to get to the point that we start to realize until we go ahead and get better in this area, there will continue to be a demise. The Bible says that my people perish from a lack of knowledge. And so if you lack knowledge on how to communicate, then you better go ahead and learn new ways to do it. And so that's why I felt led to go ahead and do this checklist. Because I am wired to discover a problem, but the other side of my wiring is to go ahead and put forth a solution. And so I said, I want to do a checklist because I'm a checklist kind of person anyway. And even if someone else isn't, it doesn't matter. You need a barometer. You, you need to be bookmarked. This is a vicinity. This is a guideline. This is something. And go ahead and use it. And if it shows and when it shows fruit in your life, then you have a checklist, a barometer for your own communication style. People can't say that they, oh, I, I know what to say was on my mind. No, no, no. See, what you're missing is you may know how to use your words, but do you understand tone? You may know how to use tone, but are you being disrespectful? You can be disrespectful and oh, bless your heart, and intend my list. You can go ahead and have the tone. You can go ahead and have the words. But does your nonverbal communication say something different? Are you closed up? Are you giving an eye? Are you putting your lip up like, mm, congratulations. That was beautiful in tone. That was a beautiful word to say. But why are you sitting? Why is your posture like that? So someone will miss that whole entire thing because you have not learned to master nonverbal communication. So I went ahead and I asked God, I said, God, um, how can we ensure that our communication is fruitful at all times, in all spheres, in all occasions? He said, I want you to go to Galatians. I said, you know what? Yes, absolutely. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 talks about the fruit of the spirit. But the more that I read the fruit of the spirit, I started to detect a checklist for communication. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. You know, I read from the NLT version 22, but the Holy spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. I'm going to read it again. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So let's break this down into examples. You ever had someone say something and then they had to go ahead and come back and apologize because how they said it was um, maybe they were angry, maybe they were hangry, maybe they were having a bad day and they spilled on you. Uh, out of the fruits of the spirit, what's the one thing they didn't show? Hmm? Class? Exactly. Self-control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Self-control looks a lot like Mm. self-awareness enough to be able to identify, I can't answer that text right now. You know what? You disrespected me in this meeting, and now you want to ask me a question about something else. So I'm going to say, hey, I need time to process that. I'll get back to you um, by the close of business. Because you are fully aware that if you say anything, 
I don't care if it's the lunch order. That thing's going to come out so spicy. They're going to have to change your name to Jalapena. Hmm? Yeah, Jalapena. <laughs> yeah. And that is self-control. Self-control says, I'm aware of what I'm feeling. I may not be able to put words to it yet, but I'm going to go ahead and save both of us until I can put some words that are a little bit more positive in a sequence that can communicate exactly what I'm feeling so that I can answer whatever it is that you posed to me in a way that it is well-received. Brings me to my next point, and I'm working backwards. Gentleness. You ever had something either said to you or something that you had to deliver that wasn't the best news, but if you delivered it in a way that was gentle, that it actually was well-received? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how bosses fire people, but I know that it has to be done, especially to someone that is not aiding or adding to the team. To be able to tell someone with a, with a gentleness that this relationship no longer serves us intimately. To be able to look at somebody that doesn't want to let you go in, in an intimate way and says, well, can we at least be friends? And you can actually say to them, I don't think that's a good idea. Because it will be a hindrance to our future spouses if we maintain and sustain this emotional connection. It will then be a soul tie. To be able to say to someone, if they offer you something, you ever had a potluck? And they're like, hey, you want to try my blah, blah, blah? And you're like, I really don't be eating other people's food. I don't. How do I say that to you? Because you put certain things in this that I'm not with. I don't eat nobody's potato salad. How do you? You know that you can tell someone anything with gentleness. Oh, no, thank you. And you don't have to lie. Mm-mm. I've, I usually don't eat in potlucks, but I love the company. No, I actually, I already ate, or I intend on eating something after this, or whatever it is, it's just, now, with all due respect, don't take this the wrong way, but when I come to these kind of things, I only usually come because I, I, I enjoy sitting next to whoever, but what you're communicating is, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, and I'm also not trying to be phony, but that particular dish won't get ate. When it's said with a gentleness, it's well received. Oh, okay, no problem. It is, you know, and everybody's okay. You didn't have to contort yourself and you didn't have to go the extra mile to dance around to something. And so they can actually look at your body language after a while. Like I'm offended. You don't want to eat my, you see what I'm saying? Right. Next one. Faithfulness. <laughs> That can be taken a so many different ways. But here's the thing. To me, faithfulness is also translated for me as trustworthiness. If I trust the source, then you can communicate anything to me. I, honestly, if I ask someone that I trust, hey, how does this look? How does my hairstyle look? How does this whatever? Hey, I have an idea. I'm going to pitch it to you. What do you think this, that, and the third? I don't have to ask seven different people six different ways and do all that. I can go directly to the person that I trust and say, no, because you've shown yourself faithful in this area of my life. And so in this area of my life, I trust you. You know why certain people can't tell you certain things? Because you don't trust them. So you know what you can do when they say something? You can just, oh, okay. You know, the aunt that always has something to say, you're like, here she go. Let's not even get into no battle with her. Like, okay, well, <laughs> what about your fourth husband? We don't even have to do all that. You know what we can do? We can go ahead and let her talk, or we can go ahead and put some space in between how much time we give her to talk, or we can go ahead and just say, hey, I already know where you about to go with that. We don't even have to start. Because we can bypass all that because you have already confirmed Anything she says, you don't trust anyway, so it doesn't even make no sense to communicate with her to begin with. You see what I'm saying? 
Oh, ma'am, you have been <laughs> consistently wrong in all your affairs. The last thing that you can ever do is tell me something about something you have not mastered. And you say it in a judgmental way. And you say it in this. And so you got all these different negative connotations about her and what it really is. And when you get to the foundation of why is it when she says something, you just be like, mm, I don't know. and it's because you don't trust her. You don't trust him. Fill in the blank. It's not that you're guarded. It's not that you can't be taught. It's that the teacher who's trying to teach you don't even have a GED. <laughs> you can't teach me here. I'm sorry. You cannot teach me about maintaining anything that I can't see that you got fruit on. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of the best teachers are the ones that tell you, hey, I did it the wrong way. And let me tell you all the things not to do so that you don't get my result. And that's a humble teacher. And I will listen at the feet of anybody who poses it in that way. But what you won't do is have dead plants around you and then come down on me talking about, well, what you should have done is A, B, and C. See, nobody can receive that because I'm looking at your life and I see dead plants. So what we're not going to do is come down on anything that I'm doing. It will be better received if you showed your to be uh, consistently producing fruit in the area before you go ahead and tell somebody anything. And that goes back to gentleness as well. So faithfulness, get to the point that you can identify early. Did I not receive that because I don't trust the source? Cool. Goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no pun intended. I'm going to put goodness and the next one, kindness, together. Because let me explain something to you. Someone who is good-hearted, good-natured, automatically produces kindness. It's almost like they're fraternal twins. Truly and truly. It's you, I mean, th we all know a person where you like, man, this, per this is probably the most kind person that I've ever met, and they intend to do good. And so when you're communicating with that kind of person or they go ahead and say something to you, you're like, you know what? It is well-received because it's like their palate is just filled with honey. They can say anything. And they, they started off with a disclaimer like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and tell you something, and I pray that you receive it. Or they ask you, hey, can I say something about that? Or they go ahead a little further and say, do you want me to speak on that, or do you just want me to listen to you? Because I'll listen to you, vent. I don't want to go ahead. They are so aware and so gentle and good in all their things that it's like, man, I'll listen to you read the encyclopedia if that's the touch that you have when you speak to me. You see what I'm saying? Patience. <laughs> Most of the time, communication goes uh, super south because there's a lack of patience. You're listening to them, but you're actually listening to form your rebuttal. You actually go that extra mile of why do you think people get so upset when it's, um, you always do, and you never come da-da-da. And when you put those absolutes, they get so upset, like, I never, I always. I, you, the quickest way to get a, a relationship, a communication, a conversation to go astray is to put an absolute in something. You have lost all footing in that conversation going well. Don't tell someone that they always do whatever, even if, can I put this in? Even if that's your truth, because what that shows is that you were keeping a record of wrongdoing and the Bible speaks of, against that. It's in first Corinthians 13. It's the whole thing about love. It keeps no record of wrongdoing, which I feel led now to go ahead and read. So I'm going to do it in real time. That just did something to me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He said, yeah, maybe if you, if your conversations were saturated in love, you wouldn't have that issue. So let's go ahead. First Corinthians 13, four, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. Six, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whether the truth wins out. Seven, 
Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The only time that you are supposed to go ahead and read an absolute is when it's followed by something positive. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Maybe if you saturated yourself more in 1 Corinthians 13 and reading about love and all of that, your communication style will be so different that it would be wowed you would wow others you will wow yourself and you will see the fruit of positivity in your life and how you communicate with people love is patient and kind love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude you ever say something but it's sarcastic and you and the person that's listening to it or whether you're receiving it you're like i feel like you're coming for me it demands its own way. You're communicating, but you're giving people a list of rules of what they are going to do in your life and what they're not going to do. Nobody listens to that. Nobody wants to be in a voluntary relationship with an additional parent. They've already been raised. They're not trying to go ahead and accumulate a new set of parents. It is not irritable. If you feel some kind of way, like I just said, don't go ahead and answer anything. That has to do with self-control. And it keeps no record of being wrong. That's what a fruit of the spirit with patience is. Why are you bringing up what happened three months ago in a real-time situation? Are you building a case? And, and for, for what judge? Are you the judge? And you're the jury? And then you're also the lawyer? Like, bro, you on the same team or y'all, y'all competing foes? Like, what's up? You see what I'm saying? Hmm. Yeah, that was Holy Spirit. You need to go back and, and, and saturate yourself in that. But you know what's ironic? What we just read with 1 Corinthians 13? What's the first fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22? But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I would like to believe that people are a little bit more gentle with people that they love, but that's not always true. Sometimes people are more harsh on those that they love because they want the best for them. Sometimes people can be a little bit more, um, like that sting can be there because I love you. I'm only doing this because I love you. If I didn't care, I wouldn't say nothing at all. You know what? Most of the times, if that's your perception, people will rather be a stranger to you. Galatians 5.22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. I believe that that is strategically placed that way because when you have love there's more joy and where there's joy there's peace man if we just learn to lead with the fruit of the spirit if we just learn to lead with a different kind of motive and i know that we like to hide behind the i didn't mean it that way i didn't you know how you can save yourself with all the different trying to go back and adjust what you said and and that wasn't my intention and you can just go ahead and do a real talk analytical just analyze yourself in your own motives when you were speaking when you were delivering when you were computing texting emailing that were you operating from one of the fruits of the spirit but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Now, granted, other versions, because I read from the NLT version, say different things. But it's all conceptually the same. And I'm a firm believer That if the fruit of the spirit is the source and the operating system from how you communicate, 
And then you go ahead and implement what Holy Spirit just showed me in real time. Go ahead and saturate yourself in 1 Corinthians 13. Get real familiar with that because I guarantee you half of the communication issues is because it's not saturated in love. Which is strategically and spiritually the first listed fruit of the Spirit. And so because I'm practical, I said, God, I need to actually see it, right? Because we have all kind of different ways of seeing communication. The Bible is filled with it. There are conversations that were had and this, that, and the third. But I wanted one that I felt like was truly a practical, symbolical, whatever you want to say, uh, demonstration of the fruits of the Spirit and the proper way to communicate, I want to read John 8, and I want to read from the NLT version, and this is where Jesus had to really display uh, the proper way to communicate a thing with all the different emotions going awry and this, that, and the third. So let's go ahead and start from verse 1. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in the front of the crowd. Four, teacher, they said to Jesus. This woman was caught in the act of adultery. Five, the law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? Six, they were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Seven, they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the first, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Eight, then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. Nine, when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. 10. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? 11. No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Now I'm going to go ahead and tell you there's a couple of traps in there that I can identify that if I don't go ahead and uh, execute self-control, it would have been a problem. First of all, I don't do well with all that uh, chaos in the morning. Hmm? <laughs> y'all are not about, like, y'all woke up to do this? Y'all woke up like this? Did y'all wake up like this? Petty. Like, I, I don't, you understand? I don't have it. Like, which, early in the morning we doing this? it's it's a it's a lot and you woke up asking a question but it was really low-key a trap and so you were indirectly trying to like like really oh so you were saying something but you really was looking for something else like isn't that just human error like you saying something but you want to see what he really gonna say you saying something but you was I was really looking to see if she was gonna so why you just didn't say what you were going to say why didn't you just say what you intended to say why didn't you say just whatever was going to get you quickly to the end result instead of you trying to decipher between what you were trying to say and what you wanted to say that's a lie you don't see how much that was teacher the law of Moses says to stone her but what did you say they were trying to trap him into saying that they could use something against him. And like, why you, so you went through all the rigmarole of getting this woman, making this big chaotic scene early in the morning. You put her in the front of the crowd just because all, because you were trying to trap Jesus. You couldn't do that. Like around lunchtime. That's a lie. You don't think that's tiring, but shouts out to Jesus for being like, mm. All right, this is high emotion. So what I'm finna do is um write my name in the uh dust. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna play this game of tic tac toe. Um, I'm gonna write a heart. Um, put Jesus was here. Uh, who knows what he was scribble scrabbling? But like he, he, whatever it was, his posture didn't match the environment or the communication style. To the point that. In verse 7, it says, they kept demanding an answer. 
So he stood up again, because clearly I don't, and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Hmm. Jesus. You be. Bro, that was a lot of patience. Like, I'm not going to hold you. Self-control out the yin-yang, sir. Seriously. But you know what really got me? Then the woman stood up. Then Jesus stood up again, verse 10, and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. Then Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. He didn't embarrass her. He was gentle with her. He was patient with her. He showed kindness. He gave that woman peace, I'm sure. Because the quickest way to dismantle that crowd that wanted to go ahead and embarrass her, he turned it back around. Like, if you don't have any embarrassment either, then um, yeah, go ahead and accuse her. This woman didn't have to explain herself. No other question was asked in this entire debacle. The only time she had to open her mouth was to say, no, Lord. That's it. Jesus did. And now, time out. Let me ask you something real quick. You, do you not know the law of Moses? Like, what's up? Like, did you, are you confused? Did you, did you get into that particular tent by mistake? Like, what was the reason? Like, give me a why. Like, what's up? He, none of that. Why do you think? Let's go back to the, uh, I, I, you can do either one. You can do the Holy Spirit, uh, the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You can do that. As a matter of fact, you can go back and you can go to 1 Corinthians 13. I mean, he saturated himself in that. Like, literally, this is the playbook. So now, with that same conversation in mind, let, let's go back to 1 Corinthians. And see, my gosh, he really did truly display it. So, uh, four, love is patient and kind. Did he show that? Yes. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Did he make this woman explain herself in front of other people like maybe some humans would have? Nope. It does not demand its own way. Did he say that I'm the word in flesh and this is what you should be doing? Da, da, da? No. Could he have? Yes. Did he have good standing to? Absolutely. It is not irritable and it does no, keeps no record of being wronged. You know how irritating it had to be for people who he can see their sin, go ahead and try to accuse somebody else. I would have been irritated, but did he show that? Nope. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Here's my challenge to you, because I could talk about this. I could do this for hours. Okay. Um, truly, truly, truly do yourself and the people that are in your life a favor and learn this thing called communication. You don't have to know all the words and the freaking encyclopedia, thesaurus, whatever. You don't have to know anything outside of change the source from which you communicate from and how you perceive the person who's communicating with, to, and from. Like, literally, it don't get no simpler than that. Relationships are suffering because people are not honing in on the one thing that we cannot do without communication. You can't order food without communicating. You can't get your order correct without communicating. You can't get, you can't do nothing online. You can't try to go ahead to another country in a language that you don't understand and try to find your way through the city. You need a tour guide to help you to communicate through that. You need an app to help you. You saying something in your language and it's computing into the, like communication is so important. They got virtual assistance for that. So it would behoove you, behoove you to start to literally write down the reoccurring issues that keep coming up with your current communication style and then reread Galatians 5, 23 and 22 and 23 and 1 Corinthians 13, starting from verse 4. 
and change your communicating communication foundation. The absolute end. If you want to see more fruit in your life, start by the palette that you speak from. It's very simple because I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb and just say, usually when you have a hard time communicating with others, you have not truly had a full self-awareness assessment of yourself and you probably don't know how to communicate what you need to God. The Bible says that you have not because you ask not. Literally, you can let your yes be yes, let your no be no, um, cash your care. All the things that the Bible's even asking you to do requires a certain level of authenticity, vulnerability, transparency, and communication. And so this is an area that you cannot continue to push under the rug. This is an area that you cannot any longer go ahead and keep blaming others. At some point, you need to go ahead and start to identify the issues so that you can start to see more fruit in your life in the areas that mean something to you. If it means something to you, then be a better steward over it, period. It don't get, no, that's it. It's the point, it's the blink, it's the period, it's the V and the end. Explanation mark. Do you see what I'm saying? Passionate about things that hold us back. Passionate about things that don't have a forward momentum. Passionate about the, the things that the enemy uses against people to make them suffer. Communication is what made E fail. We haven't gotten together since. You see what I'm saying? Even the enemy knows how to communicate. It's just wrapped up in confusion and lies. So maybe if we start to dismantle communication, we will be winning in areas that it's like, yo, my life completely changed and transformed once I understood that without this common denominator, everything that means something to me will suffer. All right. I'm, I'm no that that was non-verbal, but it's because I'm passionate. It's not because I was looking at you any kind of way. But listen, I feel like you got what you needed, right? Mm -hmm. You know what these conversations are, yeah. Um, Life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person's gonna have with you, but who your favorite homegirl? Okay, listen, I take growth very seriously, and I'm leaning in because that's what I'm doing very seriously, and I need you to do the same. Because I refuse for my people to perish for lack of knowledge. We are going to win, period. Do you understand that? Okay, I just felt like I needed to say that. But I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. We talk later, okay? Later. Oh, wait, before you go, uh, let me go ahead and just remind you again that you need to be looking at creativetomultiply.com. Very much created, the number two multiply.com oh and you know your girl got a patreon now right mm -hmm. when you go to the website you'll see all of that so very much go okay now i'm gonna go ahead and let you let me go later